Welcome to Orpanini. This is Saratova Best. We are, um, before Shabbos Agadol, before Yodalus Nisan, we are learning about who is Maishu Rabbeinu? Who is he? What is the function of Maishu Rabbeinu? Why do we need Maishu Rabbeinu to, to take us to Geula? Um, Geula is Hashem's job, so why do we need Maishu Rabbeinu to do that? And in the Sikha Parsha Tzav, Tachshinun Aleph, just before, uh, just before Shabbos Agadol, the Sikha says the following. We want to know these words. There are words at the beginning of um, Capitol, I think um, Capitol 90, got it right, which is Tfilah um, Lamaisha. These words, Tfilah Lamaisha. Okay. So in this, in, in this Capitol, Tzadik, which already we're understanding, Capitol about Tzadik or Tzadi, we'll see later at the end of the Sikha, what Tzad... We know what tzaddik means. What does tzaddi mean? Tzaddi means my side. Whose side? Hashem's side. So either way we spell it, some people spell it capital tzaddi or some tzaddik. Either way, we're talking about righteousness or the side of Hashem. You know, there's the good side and the bad side. Which side are you on? Are you on, you know, the side of the lies and et cetera? Or are you on the side of truth? Either way, tzaddi means the side of truth, which is really looking for the peace that it can eventually establish, as we see in the Rebbe's Capitol. And the other side, you know, wants the war. So this Capitol, Capitol Tzadi, Tzadik, begins with the words Tfilah Lamaisha. This is all read, Tfilah Lamaisha Ishalakim. So an interesting expression, because we're trying to figure out Maisha, Ishalakim. How do you describe Maisha Ravina? He's the one who takes us out of Galus, takes us to Geula. And we said in the the audio before this that Maishar Benu, he enables us to bring Hashem permanently into the world in a way, what's the word, grundpathetic, with a kfiyas, forever and ever. And so um, the chiddush of Maishar Benu is that since he himself is the embodiment of Geula, Galus and Geula coming together, Therefore, he uniquely has the ability to bring us from Gullah to Geula. We couldn't do it on our own. We probably, each of us, is a, a union of Gullah and Geula, but so kind of um, probably too far apart. Those two elements for us are too far apart and too, it's like two, um, uh, two magnets that are too far apart to really pull each other, pull towards each other. They have the potential, but... Somebody needs to come along. You're holding a magnet in one hand and, and in the other hand, but you have your hands about three feet apart. And quite honestly, these are dollar store magnets. You're not going to feel them pulling each other, pulling towards each other. They're just, they're weak enough magnets and they're far enough apart that it's not going to happen. So either you get more expensive, you know, more powerful magnets, or somebody comes along and pushes your hands together, and when your hands are now an inch apart, you'll feel the two magnets just go boop, and they'll they'll click together because they belong together. But you needed somebody to kind of activate the process. So Meisher Benu, he is the union of those two magnets, so to speak, and he has all the power of the ability. Not only is the union of it, his natural state is the union of Gullus and Geula. So he carries in his very being, plus, plus, the ability to help us unify the two parts of ourselves. 
We have in us the Galus part. We have in us the Geula part. He has that unique ability. So, um, and we see it in the description of Maishar Benu in Tehillim. I think they're from Kapitel 90 and on, I think there are 11 Kapitlach that were not composed by David Amelach, but by, I think, Maishar Benu, if I got it right. And, um, and that, and it starts with Shilin Lamaisha Ishalokim. And the capital 90, Tzadik, ends with, and then, So, what is this all about? We need to bring godliness down into the world in a permanent way. We said that. We need to bring the two magnets together. Hashem up there, the world down here. These are also two magnets. But they're too far apart, and there's too much stuff in between. So we need to do it in, we need to bring these two together in a way of kononu aleinu, you know, in a way of permanent. In order to do that, in order to bring these two magnets together, so to speak, you need, what do you need? One, you need two different elements. You need two different ingredients to this recipe. One, you need a kayak which is higher than regular, the regular, the regular way of being. You need something that's higher than what's called hanhagativis. Higher than regular, everyday, natural conduct. The, you need something that can pull into the world the revelation of Hashem, which is not here naturally or not openly visible naturally. To pull down an open revelation of Hashem in this world where this, this world was designed to hide Hashem. To pull Hashem down into this world, into a place where where the world is saying, uh-uh, no, not here. Over here we hide you. Go away. Right? You see, the world, by definition, since it was given a job to conceal Hashem, every time Hashem will try to openly come into the world, the world will push push him away, so to speak. Or or do something to um, what we see happening in the world today. Um, silence the voice of Hashem. Um take you off Facebook, take you off Twitter, take you, you know, all that stuff, just uh, censor. Uh-uh, no God over here. Sorry. I mean, we, right, we see that happening now in kind of the most extreme way that we ever saw ever in history before in that any mention of truth and Hashem is being censored, is being censored out. So this is, this is nothing new. It's just more extreme and it's more visible than it ever was before. This is Hashem's open revelation being rejected by the world for a very good reason. Because the world said, hey, Hashem, when you signed me up, when you created me, you created me as an ilam, as a world where you said you will hide yourself. True? And Hashem said, yeah, true. So why are you trying to be visibly, why are you trying to reveal yourself? You you gave us the job of hiding you. We don't change jobs. And Hashem says, no, no, wait a minute. I gave you the job, the Ilam, I created Ilam. I created a world, the Ilam, the Helam. I gave you the job to conceal me for a certain amount of time and then change your job description and start to reveal me. And they say, well, I, I, I didn't read that far in the contract. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, whatever. I don't have time. I'm busy. I have to make phone calls. 
But essentially, the world is denying. The world is saying, you you told us, Hashem, that we are forever and ever and ever have to, going to have to conceal you. That is our that is our job description. And Hashem saying, no, that's not true. Your job description was to conceal me for a certain amount of time, and then as we go into Yemaisa Mashiach and fully in Yemaisa Mashiach, reveal me. And the world is fighting its last fight and saying, N- I didn't see the second part of the contract. No, 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 no. You told us to conceal you. Where, where did you, where, where do you see that you told us to reveal you? No, we didn't. So Hashem says, all right, well, we're going to need then a very special kayach to, 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 to change this because the world is not hearing me. Because the natural world, Hanhagativis, is, is claiming, you told us we have to conceal you. Go away. This is not a place for truth or godliness or open revelation. Go away. So, so the Rebbe is saying, okay, it is what it is. What do we need to do? What do we need to do? Two things. In order for Hashem, you have, you have a court case going on between the world that claims it has a job description to hide Hashem forever. And between Hashem who says, no, I, I didn't say forever. I said temporarily. Until we go into Yemais Mashiach. So the court case is going on. So Hashem says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Point number one. I'm going to bring down a kayak, which is higher than the, the kayak of nature, which is higher than the natural way of nature, um, which will bypass the way the world operates. Can't work. The world is insisting. You know, no, we're supposed to hide you. So I'm going to bring something, I'm going to pull rank. I'm going to bring myself down in a way that's high, that's stronger than the, than, than the world's, you know, court case, so to speak. And what's it going to do, this kayak? Transform the world. So that the world becomes a keili for the revel, for my revelation, the revelation of Hashem. I'm going to do something to bypass this stubbornness of the world that got stuck with an old definition of itself. And not only that, I've got to do this in a way of kvias venitzis. I'm going to do this once and for all, and the world is going to switch from concealing Hashem, concealing me, to revealing me forever. To do that requires a special kayak. Because from the point of view of the world, the definition of the world, the world is a place of changes, changes, time and space, always changing. So all the creations are always changing. And there's entropy. Everything's deteriorating. So two things. Number one, this world says, no, we're not going to let you be revealed over here. You know, it's like Hashem saying, I created a monster. It's like God's stuck in an old definition. And number two, since the, the world says, we're a place of entropy, Everything deteriorates over here. Nothing lasts forever. Don't think if you buy a washing machine that it will last for more than 15 years, maybe six years. Right? It's a place of entropy. Says Hashem, I'm going to reveal myself permanently. So there are two rules that the world got stuck in that Hashem has to break or bypass. One is that the world says nothing's permanent in the world. Shem says, well, I'm going to be permanent in the world, so and the world is going to be permanent, so watch this. And not only that, and the world says, you can't be revealed here. And Hashem says, well, I'm going to be. So you need a special chaos to make these two things happen. And then there's one other 
one other factor. This kayach that's going to bypass the stubbornness of the world, this kayach has to come down and, and enclose itself in, the, in this world that's being so annoying. This world is saying, no, 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 God here. No, no, absolutely not. We need a kayach that's going to come down and not only, it's not going to break the rules of the world. It's going to stretch the boundaries of the world. It's going to come to the world and say, would you be interested in a redefinition? Yeah, what kind of redefinition? We don't reveal God here. And Hashem says, no, no, no. Would you be interested in something even better, which is slowly but surely I'll be revealed here. Like, I don't know. We'll talk. We'll see. So the Kayach has to come down into the world on its own, with, in its own parameters, according to the, 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 the rules of the world. Why? Because in order that you're going, in order to purify something, you actually have to put yourself into that thing that you're going to purify. You have to wear the clothes. You know, if you're going to transform so, someone, you have to kind of wear their costume. You know, somebody said, uh, whatever, there's a girl, she has dyed purple hair and this and that, and she, you know, and, they, and she goes to the Chabad house, and they say, good, 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 you know, you'll relate to all the people who, go, who have dyed purple hair. Everybody has their thing. You have to kind of put, your, put yourself into their space. Put yourself into the clothes of the one that you're trying to purify, and you'll be successful. You have to sort of put yourself in their shoes. And then what happens if when you're trying to purify something, you put yourself in their shoes, then you have the kayak um, to make this opponent into a cave, or in this case. That if Hashem enclosed himself in the world or brings down a kayak that puts itself into the world on the world's terms, he can actually transform the world and make the world into a vessel, a permanent vessel, a makam kavua, that can take in the penimius, the revelation of Hashem. Again, if Hashem sends a kayak down that puts itself into the rules of the world, the, the parameters of the world, and, and slowly but surely transforms the world through the world itself, then what happens? It can transform Hashem will end up transforming the world to make it into a vessel and a permanent vessel that takes in the Pneumius, Hashem's light. That's a lot of fancy words, but why? Why doesn't Hashem just break the world and change the rules and force it to, you know, force it open? Just open the doors and let me in and I want to be revealed. Then we didn't need to go through all these 6,000 years, you know, 5,781 years of Avaita. Hashem could have done it to begin with. He wanted to be by the people, from the people, of the people. On the level of the world says, we want Mashiach now. That's what he wants. So again, he needs a kayak that's way stronger than the stubbornness of the world. And he needs to send that kayak in to very, very skillfully open up the vet put itself in, into the world and open up the vessels of the world and transform the world piece by piece by piece. Which would explain why, even though we're in a year of Tashin Pei Aleph, Plaus Erenu, it's a 
it's just been a crazy year and crazy half a year. Well, it's been one crazy year from Purim to Purim because something profound is really happening. So nothing seems to make sense. Everything seems to be backwards because Hashem is clearly doing these two things that we mentioned. Now, let's say one more thing. If the revelation of Hashem, now let's take it the other way. If the revelation of Hashem were not to fit the world, then it wouldn't stay permanently. Uh, I'll just explain it in one simple way. You're going to somebody and you want to, uh, you want to get them to understand something. If, if you don't do it on their level or you want to get them to hear you, you know, um, but you're not really working with who they are. You might get them to hear you once, but it, they're immediately going to forget everything you said. You know, you say, could you just focus on me? And listen, I'm trying to tell you this, and I want you to hear it. So they might even look at you and focus. But if they weren't really a vessel for it and you didn't do it in the right way, a few days later you'll talk to them again and they'll say, what? You never said that. Oh, my goodness. It didn't stay. It didn't stick. You didn't work with them on their level. It can't stay the kfiyas in a permanent way. It will always sort of be some outside information that you gave them. And then eventually they'll lose it. So the same thing with the world. Hashem says, says, if I'm not going to come down into the world and work with the world so skillfully, and again, it's my world, says Hashem. If I'm not going to work with the world so skillfully that I transform it piece by piece by piece, and because we've kind of run out of time, fast, but as if it's slow. Fast, but skillfully. You know, how do you, how do you transform the world piece by piece by piece, but fast? It probably looks like the past year. <laughs> right? How do you do that? So, I mean, also, we have had 5,781 years to be transforming the world. But the last seconds where it looks like, it looks like there's so much more transformation to do, how do you get the world to be a vessel for Hashem's revelation? One, two, three, fast, a- ASAP, A-S-A-P, and do it on the le- do it so that the world is totally walking in sync with Hashem. Lots of steps, billions of steps. Those are all the sikhs we have about all the phases, the three phases since Yudshvat, before Yudshvat, etc. All of that and and how it all revolves around Rebbe Tzadchai and Mushka and the three, and the three phases in the Nesias of bringing Mashiach, etc. So, this is a lot of stuff, but, so who's going to do this? You think you and I are going to do it? I don't think I'm up to the job. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's a big one. Maishur Benu, he's up to the job. This is what he does. This is who he is. This is his very essence. This is what his mission is. He's the one who does it. So the tough news is, I don't feel like I'm up to doing this. And Shem seems to be declaring that, um, Shem seems to be declaring that, um, he, uh, he wants it done on the level of the world. By the way, just to interject a little thing, I heard a doctor was speaking about DNA and and RNA and mRNA, you know, with relation, you know, with respect to stuff that's, you know, going on medically these days. And he said, what is DNA? Di, everybody knows you have DNA in your cells. Dioxyribonucleic acid. He said, what do you think dioxy, what is that? He said, dioxy is like dioxy, is like deity, Hashem. 
and it's God. It's Hashem. And Raibo is like rabbi. So he said, Hashem, rabbi, nucleic acid, the, 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 the stuff, the dynamic stuff of life. Hashem, through your DNA, recreates you and your body and your health every single second through your DNA. But Hashem is doing it. He puts the code for your creation and recreation into your DNA, and he works through that code. So what's mRNA, messenger RNA? So messenger is, this person said, he said, Hashem works through messengers, the Nevi'im, you know, the Nasiyadar, etc. To transmit this code of your life and recreate you every single second through the code of life through his messengers. So you want to make sure, you know, you got the right messengers, you know, in you. So recreating your life. So so this idea on your level, that specific, who you are as as opposed to the other person, it's that specific. Hashem is is recreating every single thing at every single second. Who's the one who's there at the control boards? Who's the one who we want at the control boards? Who will be at the control boards forever and ever and ever? Mashiach. Mashiach. Mashiach Sitkenu. He will be the one, and he probably has been the one throughout history without us really knowing. Meisher Benu, actually, Meisher Benu throughout history was the one who is activating this process. From Hashem to us to the world. And Hashem is there interfacing the, the process in a way that he's not in the way, but he's completely transparent. He's simply an activation process. That's who Meisher Benu is. So these two things, um, you see in Kapitel Tzadik, in the, in the, um, the words of, uh, Tzilo Maisha Isha Lakim. Who is Maisha Benu? He's Isha Lakim. That's how he's able to do this whole process. He's called the Mamutza Machaber. He's the connecting intermediary who connects between Hashem and the Yidden. Anaihi I made Bain Hashem Ubainechem. I stand between Hashem and you. As it says in the Echanan, Maishur Bainu says. When Maishur Bainu says, I stand between Hashem and you, his eye is the opposite of, of Paro's eye. That's one of the reasons that we, Maishur Bainu was born in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was the place where you get to see what eye of Klipa is. An eye of Kedusha is, I don't mean eye of seeing, but the eye, me, of Klipa, that's Paro, and the me, the eye of Kedusha, that's Maishrabim. He was specifically born into that place because in that place where you think I means some guy who says, yeah, I created the world, I created the River Nile, and I created myself from the River Nile, and, and I run the world. That's the potential of the sense of self, I, I comes along Maishar Benu and is born into that environment and he's showing us that there's a whole other I that's possible, which is I do all of this but so to speak, there's no there's no me. I am simply a Kayach of Hashem working through the Jewish people. There's no real me. There's no sense of self. 
There's called the Mamutza Hamasik, the intermediary that interrupts, the one that connects, but he gets in the way, and the one, Mamutza Machaber, the one who connects, and he's not, he's so to speak non-existent, existent. He's simply a connecting ability. And so that's how Maish Rabbeinu was able to say, it's not outrageous, God forbid, that Maish Rabbeinu actually says openly, unembarrassedly, in Parsha Ve'eschanan, I, uh, I made Bein Hashem Ube'nechem, I stand between you and Hashem. Because there's no me, there's no Maish Rabbeinu, so to speak. There's no sense of self. It's a whole other definition. Maish Rabbeinu gives us an entirely new definition of what a Jew can be. A Jew is not supposed to be so small that, you know, no, no, I'm not. A Jew is the connector. From Maisha Rabbeinu, that kayach is given to every single Jew. To be the connector who connects Hashem to the world without a sense of I. The sense of I is a completely different definition of I. And it's all based on this passage. Because a mamukah, an intermediary, or a connector, sorry, connector, has to have both. He has to have to be the, the 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 perfect connector. You need to be the two things that you're connecting. If I'm going to be an if I'm going to be an interpreter at the UN for, between an English person and a Japanese person, I need to be as English as the English, as Japanese as the Japanese, and the Japanese think I'm native Japanese. And the English people think I'm Jack, I'm native English. I'm both. And only then can I put the two together. So it, it's a shidduch, essentially. I need to be. <coughs> I need, and that's why a, a yid has to be. A, a Jew has to be a part of Hashem and a part of this world. And that's what we are. And why do we learn Tyra and do mitzvahs? For lots of reasons, but including, why do we learn Tyra? To Get more fully into being a piece of Hashem and having that consciousness. And then, and, and yet at the same time, be fully grounded in this world and learn about Hashem, learn about who you are while you're in this world. Sitting in your chair, drinking, sipping your latte. You need to be part of both. Now, who's the Jew par excellence? Bing. He is both 1,000%. He's called Tzila Lamaisha Ish Ha'elokim. He's Ish Ha'elokim. What does that mean, Ish Ha'elokim? Kazal say, in Medrash Tillam, on the Pasuk, etc., says, um, um, It says the following. Um, Elohim, as I'll say, as we said, in Medrash Tillam, etc. Ime Elohim, Lama Ish. What do you mean, Ish Elohim? Maish Rabbeinu is Ish Elohim. If he's Elohim, if Elohim, then why Ish? He's God, then why man? Vim Ish, Lama Elohim. If he's man, then why God? Which one is he? Is he part of Hashem? Is he God? Is he godly? Or is he human? Which one is he? Which one's Maish Rabbeinu? So, say Chazal, Machsiv Ulamata Ish. So to speak, the lower part of him is Ish. Machsiv Ulamayla Ha'elokim. His higher part is Elokim Ha'elokim. 
He's both. He's fully human and he's fully divine. Again, he's not Hashem, but so to speak. When you say that a Jew is mamash, a Jew is part of Hashem, part of Hashem mamash, literally. And if you're part of something, if you if you're part of it, you're the whole thing. Then, in a sense, a Jew is fully Hashem, so to speak. Again, we have to understand these concepts; they're very subtle. A Jew is fully Hashem, so to speak, um, in this world. Which means completely, completely transparent in our relationship with Hashem so that we allow Hashem to flow completely through us without anything getting in the way, so to speak. Again, as much as I can understand it, I'm not exactly an example of this, so I don't know. But Meishr, but Meishr Benu, how is Meishr Benu different from us? A bunch of ways, including he has no blocks between the Elohim and the Ish part. Isha Elohim, for us, we have a block between Ish and Ha'elokim. We have all this junk that gets in the way. And it's hard for us to step into that full power. Stepping into full power for us would mean we understand we can make miracles. We understand we're completely buckled. We're completely nullified to Hashem, completely transparent. All of those things are very hard for us. And we have no limitations. All of this stuff is hard for us. But also, the complete nullification to Hashem, this stuff is very hard for us. Meishu Benu, this is who he is. He doesn't have those blocks. So I guess maybe when we look at Meishu Benu, we look at the template of what a Jew was created to ultimately be. And Meishu Benu will, when we step into that in Yemaisa Mashiach, I guess, Meishu Benu will move up to the next level of Mashiach. Etc. By Orishan Gerlachon. He's the first and he's the last redeemer. So since Maishu Rabbeinu has both these things in him, Ish and HaElokim, he has the ability to unify Elokus with, with belt, with the world. He has the ability to unify Hashem, godliness, with the world. And where did you see that happening? Did he do it? Yes, he did. Really. Where do you see it happened? He built the Mishkan. What's the Mishkan? His handiwork in which Hashem is fully in the world. And so these are the two extremes in this connection of Maisha and Isha Elohim. Um, 